How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. This is episode number 76. I am Kyle Edwards, of course. And, you know, just went about a week in between new episodes for you guys. You know, had some stuff dealing with work and all that kind of stuff. So, wasn't able to put out as many episodes last week as I wanted to. But that's fine because I am going to be back on pretty normal schedule this week. So, you will get episodes uh, for most of this week and going forward but since i did miss last week i want to you know go back talk about championship sunday what kind of happened there but also bring it forward and talk about the matt stafford jared goff trade and kind of my initial thoughts based off of who i think may have won the trade as well as why the move was made now and where these two players are kind of going forward in their career. Because, of course, being traded for each other means they're going to probably be linked for at least the next couple of years because I believe Goff and Stafford have like a few years left on their contract. So unless one of them moves to a different team, then maybe the link can be broken. But for right now, at least next season... Both teams will now be looked at compared to the other because of them switching quarterbacks. So we'll get into that later on in the episode, but I do want to start off with uh, Championship Sunday last weekend. So I did get both games right, which was good because you remember regular season ended kind of roughly for me, but with the playoffs, I've done really well. I believe I went 10 and 2 so far. So, I'm up to what, 58 and 68 on the year. Still nowhere near where I wanted to be, but, you know, we're getting there. Um, and, you know, with this being Super Bowl week, you can, you know, expect to hear a lot of football-themed episodes this week. May throw in some other stuff Uh early in the week but definitely once we get to the last half of the week and you know into the weekend a lot of football episodes coming this week but um but yeah so we'll go ahead and get started take a look at the AFC first Kansas City and Buffalo now Buffalo coming into the game had a great year took over the AFC East they appear to be the team to beat in the division for the next couple of years to come. Uh, you know, Miami's still growing. New England took a step back this year, but we all know with Belichick and the organization and the players that are there, they could turn it around next year very easily. So Buffalo's going to have a target on their back. But, you know, coming into the game, they played well. 
They lost by a couple of, couple of touchdowns, but it was a big success for Buffalo this year. You know, they, they saw Josh Allen take another step in his development. So now if Josh Allen could take another step forward, then Buffalo could find themselves back in this situation of playing in a championship game with a chance to go to a Super Bowl next year. I could see that happening. Um, like I said, Josh Allen's continued growth. Stefan Diggs has established himself as a top wide receiver in the league. He's Josh Allen's number one guy. So now they're kind of just have to look for pieces to supplement those two. I mean, Cole Beasley, we found out, played on a partially broken leg. And Beasley's kind of getting up there. So if they can bring in another guy or a young guy who's on the depth chart this year can take a little step. Maybe that takes some pressure off of Beasley. And, you know, he can slide into more of like a number three receiver role. Because right now he was basically the number two guy to Stefan Diggs. I think Beasley's more effective as the number three guy. Uh, they had Dawson Knox at their tight end position, who's who came on late last year. Um, so he's definitely going to be a uh, target for Josh Allen going forward. Defensively, you know, they had Edmonds in the linebacking role. Young guy, has great speed, agility from the linebacking spot. And then you have um, was it Tredavious White back in in the cornerback spot was their lockdown corner. So there's a lot of pieces there for Buffalo that definitely give Buffalo fans a lot of optimism going forward for the next few years. Sean McDermott and that coaching staff, you know, were great this year. They really developed a culture in Buffalo and you know, it's a culture that's going to be looking for winning ways for the next few years. And I think that's a good thing. You know, even though I'm a Patriots fan, I have always, I guess out of the teams in the division, Buffalo is the team that I do hate the least. Not really sure why, but, you know, Jets can't stand, Dolphins, you know, Dolphins always seem to beat, you know, beat the Patriots late in the year in Miami, so haven't been that big of a fan of them, but Buffalo, I can at least tolerate, so... Seeing them do well didn't completely, you know, ruin my year of rooting for the Patriots. Um, but yeah, so they start their offseason. They can now look forward to the draft, free agency to try to better their team for next year. Because as we saw with their opponent in Kansas City, uh, Kansas City is clearly going to well, at some point, Kansas City's going to have to make some decisions because uh, I believe Patrick Mahomes' contract will start kicking in next year. And we'll have to see you know, what comes from that and whether or not they end up starting to lose some assets on the team because they can't afford them or whatever else there may be. But we saw in this game basically the three-headed attack of their offense, which is Patrick Mahomes and his ability to move in the pocket, make plays with his feet when he has to, get himself out of situations where he may be in line to take a sack, but he you know makes a move, gets out of a tackle, and makes a play downfield. And when he does do that, he's looking for 
Tyreek Hill on the outside and downfield because he's a guy where once you get the ball in his hands, he's basically faster than like 98% of the league. I think there's a couple of guys who can run with him, but for the most part, he's faster. He's the fastest guy in the field. So you get him out there in open space. He can, uh, you know, cut back, run across the field or you get him in a straight line, then you're definitely not going to catch him. But because of Travis Kelsey's dominance over the middle in the tight end spot, takes some pressure off of Tyreek Hill because it seems like Kelsey finds himself open every play. Uh, I know he went, I believe he went over a hundred yards in the game against Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, just a quick look at the matchup for the Super Bowl. Those three are the three that, uh, well, I mean, you know, Tampa Bay won. That Tampa Bay is going to have to sit there and really try to come up with a game plan to stop for this game. And then defensively, you know, Kansas City's defense doesn't really get that much uh, notoriety for their season. But, you know, the biggest name on their defense, probably the most important player on their defense is Tyron Matthew as he's the safety and he's kind of like the quarterback of the defense because he can you know run he can come up into the box stop the run he's a ball hawk as well on the on the back end so and he usually seems to come up with a big play in these games um, when Kansas City really needs it defensively and he had one in the game last week uh, I think it was a play, I want to say it was like late in the third, and I think Josh Allen dropped back, couldn't find anybody, was looking to scramble, and you know Matthew kind of sniffed it out, chased him down, stopped him short of a first down, so, so yeah, Matthew's a guy that, well for Brady, he's going to have to know where he is in the secondary, because he's a guy who can make plays. And if he gets the ball in his hand, he is, you know, shifty enough to, you know, take it back to the house if, you know, you don't take the right angle on him. Because we saw with his time in, was like LSU, he was like returning kicks and punts and all that kind of stuff. So once he gets the ball near him, he kind of turns into that mode and becomes a dynamic football player. So... You know, Kansas City, like I said, is prepping now for their Super Bowl. And for them, it's a chance to go back-to-back, which then brings up that dynasty word with them, which is something they're all chasing because, you know, they've few of the players on the team have openly talked. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Are you prepared for a more sustainable future? Critical climate challenges require critical thinking. 
Move from theory to action with a human-led, tech-powered approach that can move the needle on the mercury, but also help you build trust and drive positive change for your business and for our planet. ESG is part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Talked about they want to be, I guess, the, the team that takes the torch from the Patriots as we know the Patriots know Brady and all that took a step back so Kansas City wants to be that next team to go on a run win some Super Bowls in a row or you know like five and ten years that kind of thing so uh, definitely this is a chance to take a step with number two and you know you go back to back it's very tough to do in football so will definitely be a big accomplishment for them now, quickly look at the other side. We saw Tampa Bay, Green Bay, which was the matchup everybody was looking for this that well this past weekend. Well, weekend before, where we finally got to see Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, and as I said before that game, it was a matchup that the league wanted to happen in the Super Bowl, never got it to happen because the one time um, Rodgers did get to the Super Bowl was. A year when obviously the Patriots weren't there. Um, trying to think, when Rogers got there, it was so long ago. Uh, I can't remember who they played. Because off the top of my head, I wanted to say Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh. Okay, so there you go. But. But yeah, so we saw in the game, um, Bill Brady had a so-so game because he had three touchdowns. He also had three interceptions. He had a couple of passes that could have been intercepted. And Green Bay, for as great of a season as they had, number one seed, finally had an NFC Championship game in Green Bay. They ultimately came up short, and now... You know, Brady is on to his 10th Super Bowl, first time in the NFC. Crazy stat. Brady is one year in the NFC with Tampa Bay. He's already accomplished everything that Rodgers has, has done in Green Bay all these years, which is win an NFC title, go to a Super Bowl, as well as Drew Brees, I believe. Now, Drew Brees spent the early part of his career in San Diego, but he wasn't really there that long. So just think about that. Kind of let you know what Tom Brady's all about. And quick side note. It was like a couple of days after the game. I was listening to somebody on TV. might have been ESPN or something. And they were literally having the talk about, you know, telling people that the whole goat conversation needs to be over with now which I hate hearing that because to me it's like the, the conversation was over a while ago you know the fact that Brady's already been to nine Super Bowls already has six rings why that was slow conversation I will never know makes no sense to me I mean I can get more into that in a later episode because in order to fully 
break down Tom Brady. I will have to bring in some other quarterbacks into the conversation. And I want to dedicate a whole episode to that. So, you know, stay tuned to stay tuned for that at some point. Uh, probably do that next week after the Super Bowl. Kind of see what happens in the game and how that whatever. But either way, just want to say it was ridiculous to hear that conversation. Not only because I'm a Patriot fan, but, you know, from watching football as long as I've had, as long as I have, and, you know, seeing some like highlights of players back in the day who I never got to see, it's clear to me Brady's the best quarterback who's ever played. You know, there's no disrespect to like Joe Montana because I saw Joe Montana play a little bit. He was a great quarterback as well. But I just think Brady has done more than enough to close that conversation. And I think the next conversation you really need to have is maybe who's number two, even though I would probably say Joe Montana has that kind of on lock. So maybe the better conversation is who's the top five quarterbacks, which, you know, maybe I'll get into that in a later episode. But, but yeah, so that's enough about Brady. I do want to focus in on Aaron Rodgers for a little bit here because with the loss in that game, Aaron Rodgers went to one and four in NFC title games. And I guess my overwhelming issue with Aaron Rodgers is the kind of lack of TV personalities who really want to call out Aaron Rodgers on his shortcomings because immediately after the game what did we hear about oh Matt LaFleur screwed Aaron Rodgers why'd they kick the field goal when you have the greatest talent you know in the quarterback position right there on the field why would you not let him go for it I gotta say watching the game I did kind of question the call but as I thought about it I understood where Matt LaFleur was coming from so You know, stick with me on this one for a little bit. If you remember that sequence of plays down around the goal line, it was third and goal from the nine. And we remember Aaron Rodgers dropped back to pass, looking around, had nobody open, took a step up in the pocket. Literally the whole right side of the field basically opened up. He looked like he was going to take off and run, but for some reason through across his body, double coverage down at the goal line, almost had his pass picked off. So for me, if I'm Matt LaFleur and I see that, that kind of makes me wonder that if that's the decision he's going to make on third down, if I call a fourth down play here, what's he going to do? Force another pass into the end zone? Maybe we get it picked off. Then we come out of this with no points whatsoever. So to me, if Aaron Rodgers did what he was supposed to do, once you step up and you see all that green grass, you take off. Worst case scenario, you don't get in the end zone, but at least you get down to like the, I don't know, two, three yard line. Then from there, going forward on fourth down makes more sense because you could run like a little quick route try to get in the end zone throw your back shoulder fade to Devontae Adams 
you could even technically run the ball there if you wanted to. And if you don't get it, at least you're pinning Brady back near his own goal line and where LaFleur is coming from. The reason why he kicked the field goal was to get the three points there. And the second half, Brady was struggling where he threw his three interceptions and all of his interceptions were coming on plays where he was kind of just throwing the ball up and he was... He wasn't accurate with those passes, and they were landing in Packers defenders' arms pretty easily. So LaFleur might have thought, you know, you get that, you kick it off, force them into a third down situation. Maybe Brady makes another mistake. You get a turnover, short field to go, boom. You have a chance to win the game. So I'm not really mad at LaFleur. My issue is Rodgers on that third down play, should not have made that throw that he did. He was lucky he wasn't picked off. But Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things, sits there after the game, mopes throughout his, um, I guess, media session, makes it seem like, you know, LaFleur wronged him for kicking the field goal, which just led me to my overwhelming point that I understand why um, I guess like some teammates have said Aaron Rodgers is kind of difficult to play with. If you saw that press conference, then you would understand why. It was a game where your team lost. You could pretty much say because you didn't make enough plays. But what did everybody turn it into? Oh, where are these receivers that he never has? Like you have Devontae Adams who's, if not the best receiver in the league, one of the best. These other weapons, you use them to get the number one seed in the NFC. You've made it to an NFC championship game. At that point, I don't want to hear this talk about didn't have any help. That's so ridiculous, and I hate how media people do that with certain players. It just makes it easy to root against them. And I've said on here before, I am not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. I think he is way overhyped, way overrated, whatever you want to call it. I think he fits all of those. There is no way that you can be this great quarterback and you're one in four in NFC title games. I'm sorry. One Super Bowl appearance? I mean, please. So, yeah. But... Whatever. We'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, in another episode. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Because he is now going to become part of the story where in that media session, he made it seem like there's a chance he may not be back in Green Bay. So, you know, who knows what happens there? All I know is Matt LaFleur's decision I questioned it for half a second while watching the game, but as I sat back and thought about it, I understood where Matt LaFleur was coming from. 
and the fact that they're trying to like make it seem like that was the reason they lost the game, it was not that. So, I guess that's my little I guess rant on Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, which, like I said, you will hear more of it later on. But so here we are, Super Bowl week, on to the Bucks versus the Chiefs, which. I mean, it's probably the matchup the NFL would want to see. You have the old guard of Tom Brady, 43 years old, came out and said this week, he's even thought about playing past 45. A couple of years ago, 45 was the age he wanted to play to. But as he's seen the success he's had this year, now he's thinking past 45. We'll have to see about that. But you have the old guard versus the new uh, guard in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know him. He's the guy in you see in commercials every time you turn on the TV. And he has a shot to get his second ring. So it's Mahomes going for two in a row versus Brady getting number seven. Um, like I said, early in the episode, we'll break it down later on in the week. But just wanted to I guess, say that before getting into the Stafford golf trade and all that. So definitely, you know, when you listen to this, you know, you can let me know on Twitter at chomping podcast, who you're picking to win, uh, whether it's the chiefs or the bucks. And, um, yeah, maybe enough. You give me your answer later on the week. We'll see if I agree with you guys and see, where the majority is with you, who you think will win. But on to, I guess, more current news. So we already knew that this offseason was going to be a big offseason for player movement. Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers out there on the free agent market who are expected to move teams. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there different levels some quarterbacks are your you know young guys playing out their rookie contract when are going to be out there looking to move teams they may have they probably underachieved on their team that drafted them you have veteran quarterbacks who were maybe filling a role on a team until the young guy got ready and now they're ready to move on Then you have some guys who had starting jobs last year. We're hoping to kind of prove their worth. Didn't. So now they're looking for their next stop. And as I just said, the Aaron Rodgers thing is out there where I guess if it goes completely sour, he could be out of Green Bay. There's the whole thing with Deshaun Watson in Houston where he supposedly wants out. I think the team came forth like yesterday and said, we're not really in a rush to trade him. We don't even want to trade him. So interesting to see what happens there. But we got our first shooter drop was, uh, I believe it was over the weekend. We heard, was it over the weekend? Or like late last week, we heard that Matthew Stafford, formally requested a trade with Detroit and then yeah because it was late last week because then over the weekend we heard that they were going to trade Stafford before the Super Bowl 
which I thought was astounding. I thought that would be a move that they would make probably closer to the draft once they realized uh, maybe their direction in the draft and all that and to, you know, engage a bunch of teams and whatever. But they weren't lying because they made the deal was yesterday and they sent him off to the Rams. So naturally you'd want to know who do the Rams give up? Well, found out that the Rams gave up Jared Goff, their young guy who kind of has fallen out of favor each year with the Rams, whether it's injuries or kind of ineffectiveness once they get into the playoffs, even though he did, you know, quarterback that team to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago that lost to the Patriots. But it seems like since then, there was some talk about him probably being moved out. So now we understand that Stafford will be the Rams quarterback opening day. There's no question about that. And as of right now, Goff will be the Lions starting quarterback with new coach Dan Campbell and that staff that he's putting together there. So I guess the well, I guess the main question is did the Rams give up uh, too much? They gave up enough or did they not give up enough? So I think the full deal was Goff uh, it was their first round pick this year. Uh, I think like the first round pick next year and a third round pick or something like that. And when I first saw it, I immediately thought that was too much. I thought it'd be a deal where it'd be like a player and a first rounder. I felt like that would be enough to get it done. But hey, you know, you got to give it to the Lions. They got more than I expected. So I would say it's a win for Detroit that way. Then again, for the Rams, Stafford is definitely an upgrade over Goff. Although I do think Stafford may be getting played up a little too much. and But, you know, with Stafford, you do have to wonder how much of that is on the Detroit culture more than how much of that is early on him. Because, you know, with all of the talent that Matthew Stafford does have, you know, he's got a strong arm. He's a tough guy back there. He, If you watch Detroit Lion games, he will take big hits. Sometimes he is out of the game for like a little bit, but he finds his way back into the game. If he misses a week, he's right back in there the next week. So toughness is not a problem for him. But I believe I saw the stat. He has not won a playoff game in his career. Now, once again, for a guy as talented as Stafford, that is kind of tough to, I guess, stomach because Stafford's been in the league it was like 10, 11 years now. And it's not one of those things where he's been in Detroit with nobody. He, remember, he had Megatron there. He was a Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Um, well, I mean, Amendola is a little older, though, but 
Um, there are some other guys there, but I, so my thing with Stafford is I don't really know what exactly to expect from him with the Rams. I mean, McVay is a better coach than anybody he's ever had. That's a given. Um, I mean, Woods, Cooper Cup. It's not a bad wide receiver duo. But my thing is now with the expectations with the Rams, because the Rams have made it known that with this move with Stafford, they're expecting to get back to the Super Bowl probably next year, if not next year, the year after. And we'll have to see how Stafford can perform in that kind of situation. Because when he's been in Detroit, there hasn't been really a lot of expectation put on his shoulder. So there wasn't a lot of pressure put on him. Um, That's something I will be looking for next year to see how he handles that L.A. market. Um, But I do think it's a good deal for them. I think it's a move that you have to make. Um... Because I, th- I mean, I didn't expect him to go to the Rams. I knew he was going to get moved. Uh, I, I mean, I put a poll up on Twitter because I was thinking about it as a Patriot fan. Would I want the Patriots to make the move for Stafford? Now, I think when they first said he was going to be available, I was up for it. But the more I thought about where the Patriots are right now, I don't think making a Stafford deal would have been the right move for them. Now, the report is that Belichick put in an offer for Stafford, but people are questioning like how legit that offer was because I think it was like a second-round pick and a player. So, based off of what they got for him, clearly that deal was not as serious as other teams. So, yeah, yeah take that for what you want. But I'm not mad at Belichick for not like heavily pursuing them because I think the pages should go a different direction. I mean, can dive into that in another on another episode. But like I said, yeah, Stafford now in a situation where coaching staff way better, um, expectations are higher, and the weapons are just as good as what he's had. But I guess that could be better because now the offensive system will probably be better than the one he was coming from in Detroit. Only because McVay is a better offensive mind than uh, Matt Patricia, who he just was playing under. And I guess Caldwell before that, which another interesting thing with Detroit. They fired Jim Caldwell after Caldwell went, I think he went like nine and seven in a couple of years. And then since then, they have been kind of trash. So, obviously, they didn't make the right move there. But whatever. I digress. So, that's Stafford's side. Goff. I think Goff is at a crossroads in his career. Because he is seen as lower tier quarterback after his time with the Rams. So now going to Detroit, there's a chance for him to build back up his reputation in the league. And if it doesn't work out in Detroit, at least he can make it so that he at least has another stop to go to be a starting quarterback after that. 
Because if it doesn't work in Detroit, he may find himself as a lifelong, you know, clipboard holder on the sideline as opposed to being a starting quarterback. I think that's exactly where he is right now in his career. So hopefully it works out for him in Detroit. Not like he's going there with nothing there. They have DeAndre Swift, young running back who came on last year. Um, I do believe Marvin Jones is still there. I think Galladay is a free agent, so we'll see what happens there. Amendola is a free agent, but Amendola is getting up there in age, so they need to replace him anyway. But interesting to see next year how the two teams do. Um, but yeah, so I guess a quick other side note. Some of these teams, well, I guess because I was talking about Detroit and Detroit hired Dan Campbell as their quarterback, which if you don't know who Dan Campbell is, give him a search on YouTube. You'll find some of his press conferences and all that. He's an intense guy, but I don't know how good of a head coach he is. So definitely not the guy I would have picked for Detroit. I did not even think he was up for a coaching role. And I could say that for some of the other jobs, but some of these teams, I don't understand their logic behind what they did when, I guess when we got into the point where teams were starting to talk to coaches for their open positions, who were the names that we were hearing? We heard Brian Dable in Buffalo because of what he just did with Josh Allen, and we heard Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City, because... I mean, we've seen Patrick Holmes the past couple of years. Somebody on that staff got to be doing something. The enemy was the offensive coordinator. Naturally, he would have been a guy to get a job. Um, Tampa Bay. Was it Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator. Definitely could have gotten some, look, uh, some looks. Uh, there was what Leslie Frazier, who's coaching... Where is Leslie Frazier coaching? Is he in Buffalo? He might be the defense coordinator in Buffalo. But either way, those are some names right there. And all these jobs have been filled. Not one of these guys has gotten the job. And I don't understand why some of these teams jumped at these random named guys to go ahead and give them the job. I mean, the, the senior bowl just happened so I don't know a lot of these teams may have wanted a guy in place for the senior bowl whatever I don't know but yeah some of these guys could have waited I mean Houston hired was David Cully I had no idea who that guy was and weirdly enough he became the what only minority hire this go around which probably had to touch on that in another episode, the whole minority hiring and all that kind of stuff in the NFL. Neither here nor there, at least for this episode. So, yeah. But I feel like it's going to come back to bite some of these teams in the butt because the enemy could have easily had the Houston job and probably have done a lot for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if that would have kept Deshaun Watson there or not. 
Who knows? But I'm sure he would have loved that move over David Cully or whatever. Dable, I assume he was going to get the Chargers job to work with Justin Herbert, another young quarterback, just like he just did with Josh Allen. Why couldn't he have done that with Justin Herbert? They went their own way with, um, let's see, who do they hire? Um, let's see, whoever it was, was not the guy I was thinking. Yeah, Brandon Staley. I'm sure what you're saying is, who's that? Well, I believe he was the offensive coordinator with the Colts. So, eh, that's a eh, hiring to me. But we'll get into the other, I guess, head coaching hires in probably another episode this week. But I feel like it's a good spot to end this one so but yeah looking ahead to some other episodes this week like i said nfl coaching hires and all that kind of stuff i do want to talk about philip rivers and whether he's a hall of famer or not and probably throwing greg olson there as he retired now you're probably throwing drew Brees because even though drew Brees hasn't officially retired it's looking like he's gonna retire so we could talk about him too um, then probably after those we'll start looking at the Super Bowl where um, take a deeper dive on Tampa Bay and Kansas City looking at what they do offensively, defensively players to watch, all that kind of stuff we'll get into that and then even later on in the week um, I do want to do, like I said early in this episode besides just predicting on the game. Want to take a look at some prop bets. See if we have some fun with that. Maybe pick out a few of them. Give you my pick for them. And we can work those into my picks for the year. Because it will be the last the last day of the season to, I guess, add to my total. At least try to get over 500. Can we at least have that? So, so yeah. It's going to be a week of football related episodes and then beyond that i am going to talk about i mean this will be next week but we'll get back into nba because because at that point nfl would be done doesn't mean i won't talk nfl after the super bowl trust me i will still do it but we'll go more into nba stuff uh like Jalen brown jason tatum talk about them lamella ball all that kind of stuff and then something new for you guys, I am going to talk some soccer because so when I started this, I am a soccer fan as well. But I watched the U.S. men's national team the other day. Want to talk about them? Uh, kind of see where their standing is in the world. Kind of what has held them back in terms of being better on the world stage. So we'll get into all that stuff next week as well. So definitely stay tuned like i said this week should be back to a normal week of episodes so you know if you haven't subscribed um wherever you do listen to the podcast please do that that way you can find out whenever i drop a new episode and if you don't follow the show on twitter chomping podcast i mean at chomping podcast then when i put polls up there 
it's a chance for you to interact with me so definitely do that but yeah if you are new first time listening hope you enjoyed it you know you can go back and listen to some other episodes as well and those of you who have been with me through these first 76 episodes appreciate you as well and you know like i always say be safe out there definitely be safe and god bless of course and i'll catch you in the next episode all right Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.